Hello and welcome to Interval, the Norwich Theatre Royal podcast. With a new episode releasing each month, this show will bring you exclusive news, views, interviews and behind-the-scenes content. We'll have the latest information for shows and events at Norwich Theatre Royal, Norwich Playhouse and our Learning and Participation Centre Stage 2. If you're interested in performing arts in Norfolk, then this is the podcast for you. In this month's episode, it's a pantomime special. Oh yes it is! We'll be finding out all about our Cinderella cast and an exciting new partnership bringing world-class theatre and Premier League football together. But from on the ball to you shall go to the ball. This year's Prince Charming is played by David Witts, best known for his role as Joey Branning in EastEnders. But David is no stranger to the stage, having appeared in Wicked and Hairspray in the West End. David told us all about his career so far and how he made the transition from screen to stage. I've heard great things. It's nice that it's in-house, so, um, you know, it's not just like a blanket pantomime that's going out all over the country. And, um, yeah, I'm excited to see the town, too. Have you done panto before? Yeah, I've done a couple. Um, and, yeah, it's been good fun. I enjoy it, you know. it's 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 uh, Nothing's too serious, and I think that's how I like to live life also. <laughs> so it's nice to be given the uh, the uh, reign to do that. So tell us a bit about yourself. Let's go right back to the beginning. Were you a show-off as a kid? Were you always born to be a performer? How did you get on? No, 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 no. I'm definitely, like, um, an extroverted introvert. Okay. Right, so that, <laughs> so that translates as, as being needing my own space all the time, being very quiet, and then just being able to flip the switch and be very extroverted for a short amount of time. So I think that's, that's generally how, how I kind of got into to this, okay. being able to kind of flip that switch, yeah. So how did you get into performing in the first place? How did it work? Um, I th- well, just like a series of kind of really um, happy coincidences when I was younger... I mean, I wasn't kind of pushed into it by any means at all because, I mean, I'm just from, like, I'm from working-class Essex, you know. It's not it's not the general trajectory of a career um, that you would go into, given my background. But it was when I was about 10 years old was the first time they introduced drama into my primary school, and I was kind of towards the end of that. And I thought, that sounds fun. And then I happened to go to a high school that just uh, pushed me in the right direction. And that was great. And then, and then from there, you know, the, the more I got into it, the more it started looking like something that could be a career. And then just like every other actor, it was just trying really hard to, to, to make that happen. So what was that first kind of performing break for you when you went professional? What was the first thing? The first thing I got paid for, mm. actually, I think it was a really, really small budget tour of um, The Wizard of Oz. Okay. They did about four venues right. <laughs> for like okay. a couple of nights each. Well, let's, let's talk about the stage that you've done. From The Wizard of Oz to Hairspray, what was it like being part of a big musical? Yeah, it was great. I mean, I just finished doing EastEnders, so it was nice to just jump into something completely different. Well, what is it that you like about being part of musical theatre particularly? Is it, uh, or, or do you... Uh, for me, I like doing everything. Do you know what I mean? Mm. So it's nice to just kind of keep changing it up because um, then you fall in love with the other the other jobs you could be doing, you know, when you have time away from them. So when it's been a while since I've done a musical, then, you know, I'm super, super, into, super into that. And, and, and likewise, when I, you know, have it's been a while since I've been on screen, then it's kind of 
exciting to go back into that as well. And we must talk about Wicked because that was a yeah. really high profile thing. I mean, one of the biggest shows in the West End and playing a role like that. Tell us about the Wicked experience. Yeah, I mean, it was interesting. It was um, it was kind of, again, it was a, a, a job that kind of came up in, in a weird way because I think I, I felt like I'd put musical theatre to bed. And then I'd been away in LA for a few years working on... Um, a couple of TV shows out there, and I got back, and my agent said, they want to see you for this. I thought, oh, okay, fine, you know. And then so, very quickly it became, oh, this is the next year of your life. So it was a bit overwhelming, uh, truth be told. It's something that I'm, I'm never so proud of, and also being part of something that is so iconic. And I think also it was one of the first musicals when, um, when it came out kind of 15 years ago that was led um, by women. And I think that spoke to a lot of people. Let's talk about the TV now and the EastEnders first mm-hmm. of all. How did that come about? How did you? Yeah, I mean, that yeah, well, I mean, it was a bit of a crazy one because I was I was just about to go on tour with a little play, and it was it was kind of a funny funny thing because I never thought of myself as being like the EastEnders kind of type. You know, I'm from a working class Essex family, but I've always spoken a little bit differently to my family. Um, you know, they're, they're kind of proper cockneys and, and whatever. But I think I must have decided at one point. Not to speak <laughs> I'm going to be posh. Yeah, yeah, well, posh for them, yeah. you know. Um, and so, so then I was, I was literally, I was going into tech for um, a play and my agent just called me and said, oh, there's an audition for this. And I was like, oh, well, I can't really make it. It's not really worth my time. She's like, no, go, 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 go. I went in, auditioned, and within like an hour, I'd had the call saying, well, well they're going to they're gonna go with you. And how did you, how did you cope with kind of being front and centre? Because when you go in a show like that, you're suddenly all across the newspapers and social media and everything, yeah. and you're kind of out there. Yeah, it was crazy, because also, I mean, I was 20, I think I was just turning 21. When I look, I look back on it so fondly, but at the time, it was uncomfortable. Certainly, that was like being thrown in, you know, and... Um, Again, living living in Essex, you know that's the that's the people around there are the exact demographic of people watching the show. So um, I, I couldn't go anywhere without you know people kind of coming up to you, and it's a, it's a weird, it's a really weird thing as well um, because you've literally just been in people's living rooms and they feel they have a relationship with you, and of course then you're not actually that person, um, and even though logically. <laughs> <laughs> they understand that sometimes people find it difficult to kind of separate you from this character that is in their living room four times a week. So it was crazy. It's crazy. I look back on it with such fond memories and obviously it kind of did a lot for me in terms of like my career, but it was uh, it was a crazy crazy time and it, being that young as well it's, it's very very overwhelming. Were there any particular storylines that you enjoyed being a part of, particularly during your time? Um, yeah, I think I always enjoyed the Christmas ones, actually. I mean, I was only there for two Christmases, but um, even if you're not kind of like the main focus point of the Christmas storyline, it's just kind of, it's nice to be part of that. And you get kind of much, you get scenes with far more people in them, which is nice. They're nice to shoot those ones because... You know, there's there's a lot of you on set, and again, as a young actor on that show, like being able to watch how people work, that that, that was what I really enjoyed about that. So, when you're not working, what 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 do you like to do? How what do you do your downtime? Um, I, I think all sorts, really. Um, I mean, I um, I like to find good places to read and uh, to drink good coffee. Um, that, that's one of my passions in life is, you've already is found good artisanal coffee yeah. yeah, and craft beer also 
So if people are still on in an hour up with a rock to come along and see you and the rest yeah. of the guys this Christmas, what's your message to them? Oh, well, just come and see it. I mean, <laughs> it's a great time. I mean, this is, this is a theatre that every single year puts on something great. And this year will absolutely be be the same. And it's also, not only that, it's so important to support, like, your local theatre. Um, especially if you have kids or younger people in the family. It's like, what an experience for them. Written, directed by and starring Panto stalwart Richard Gauntlet as the fairy godmother, this year's Cinderella promises comedy, singing, dancing and some new twists. Although careful not to give away any of the surprises he's got hidden up his sleeve, Richard sat down with us during rehearsals to talk about his new production and why he has such a personal connection to this particular show. So, Richard, back here again for Panto. Yes. Year number 19. 19. That you're associated with this, oh, no. what's going on. So, uh, nobody don't want to give too much away, but what's in store, very roughly, for this year's Cinderella? Well, this year's Cinderella, which has to be the most, uh, the most famous, most iconic Panto that there is. Um, well, the audience can expect um, a good Cinderella story. Um, there are a couple of twists, obviously. Um, but, um, no, it's a good traditional um, spectacular event. And you're being a bit different this year because you're fairy godmother. So what's the I fairy am, godmother going to be I like? am fairy godmother this year. Um, <laughs> yes, um, I felt I was a little bit too old for buttons. Well, no, in fact, everyone thought I was a little bit too old for buttons. Um, <laughs> so I agreed. Um, so I thought, well, I, I, I didn't fancy ugly. I'm not ugly. No, no. Um, I don't do ugly, as uh, someone, <laughs> someone is quoted as saying. Um, so... Um, I thought, well, why not the fairy godmother? So uh, it's uh, it's been rewritten slightly. Um, same gags. Uh, so I thought the fairy godmother. So I thought, actually, it would give me a bit of a rest. But <laughs> having read the first draft of the script, uh, having read it, I wrote it. Well, I was going to say, I wrote it. <laughs> Um, I find out that I'm not actually having that much of a rest this year. I, I've probably got as many costume changes, if not more. And, of course, usually the dame doesn't come on till 20 minutes in and then has a rest in the interval. It's not going to happen this year. Because yeah, you could so, well be on first. Yeah. Oh, wow. <laughs> exactly. So, um, so I'm, I'm really looking forward to it, actually, because it's, it is something completely different. So, and I'm going to be flying again, wow. which is such fun. And talking about the twists around the characters, we've got female ugly sisters. Female ugly fantastic sisters. Fantastic actresses. Yes, as well. I think, I think, um, uh, female ugly sisters, it's something that, uh, that I've wanted to, wanted to do for, for quite a few years now. I just think, uh, the younger audience today, it would be more recognisable for them. And, and to have, and to have the two sisters, uh, played by, by two wonderful character actresses, it's going to be a lot more powerful. I think it'll be a bit more powerful than uh, than 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 the usual dames. So um, yeah, I'm looking forward to it. I'm just looking at the rest of the cast. We've got David Witts. He's got that uh, strong West End pedigree. Yes, big man. Yeah, yeah. I shall have to invest in some new heels. <laughs> and we must mention Joe. He was talking when he was up a few weeks ago. I was Joe. telling us you're already working on all sorts. Yeah, of Yeah, no, Joe's great. Joe, I've known Joe since he was a, a, a wee boy, um, and so it's lovely to see him. Um, now uh, come into his own as an actor and uh, as a comedian. Um, and it'll be wonderful working with him. It really will. It, I, I'm on the phone to him sort of 
two or three times a week discussing various things and what he thinks and and what he can add. Um, and rehearsals are going to be uh, <laughs> lively. Are, are going to be lively, and uh, and the script will change a lot in rehearsals, I think, because he's got so much to give. Um, and he's played buttons a couple of times before, and um, he has some. Uh, ideas on the part as well so it's going to be exciting and much like he's very steeped in variety he knows he's steeped in variety and uh, sort of grew up with a load of props around him so yeah 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 it's going to be fun it's going to be great fun it really is and i can sense just from talking to you today you're so excited to be back again what is it about panto that keeps you revitalized and excited i don't know um i don't know i mean 19 years i mean i i I don't know where christmas would feel i don't know how christmas would feel anywhere else um I have such fun. I really do have fun during Panto. It's it's really hard work. The people that say, oh, Panto is Panto. It's the hardest work of the year. It really is. And yet it goes so quickly. Um, uh, and, but I always look forward to it. I look forward to rehearsals. I look forward to... Um, I even look forward to meetings. Can you believe really? it? Really? Um, but, um, no. <laughs> but um, no, Panto is brilliant. I'm really looking forward to it this year. And it'll be something different this year. Every panto needs goodies and baddies, but one thing that's a must to guarantee a good time is comedy, and the man playing this year's Buttons is certain to provide that. Joe Tresini is a familiar face on TV, having appeared as Dennis Savage in Channel 4's Hollyoaks and on CBBC's Dengineers. He's followed his dad, comedian Joe Pasquale, into the world of show business, and he told us how much he's looking forward to joining the cast in Norwich. I'm very excited to do Cinderella. I love Cinderella. It's my favourite one of all the pantos. But no, I'm very excited about being in Norwich and about doing a show and working with Dickie. And, uh, yeah, no, I love it, and I, I can't wait to get here. I mean, I've wanted to work with him for such a long time. So, yeah, we're, we've been sort of texting, and it's not so much been a conversation, it's more that I will just text an idea to Richard, and then he doesn't get back to me, and then at some point I will just get his script, and I'll do that. And, and do you enjoy doing Panto generally as well? I love. I think that Panto is so important in this country, because it, it doesn't really work anywhere else. People have tried, and it's an art form. And it's, it's always going to be a lot of people's first introduction to theatre. And I think that uh, there's nothing like it in the world. And it's hard work, but it's, it's nice to be a part of, of people's Christmases. And also you get all ages in the audience, which is great for you as a performer, I guess, as well. Absolutely, yeah. When you're, yeah. Especially in a room like this, when it's quite a big room. Yeah, the, the age range can go from 3 to 83, and also into your 90s. If you're 90, you can come. It's not... Um, uh, yeah, and I, I just think that... It's important, and it's nice, and I think given that there's so many different mediums to watch, like telly and films on now, coming to see a panto is maybe one of the only times that people actually get into a theatre. Um, so yeah, it's lovely and fun, and yay. And there's a buzz for you, I'm guessing as well, from doing it. I'm kind of getting that vibe from you when you do panto particularly. I, yeah, I love it. I love it because I, I like making things up, and, uh, and like, I'm punctual. So that's it. I'm just on time on a regular basis and then I kind of don't listen and, and do what I like and run around like an idiot. That's not work, is it? That's just, that's just Tuesday. Let's talk a bit about you now. Yeah. People matter, Rose, you, you were brought up in Norfolk, so you know this area quite well. I do. I was, I, so I was in Yarmouth. That's where I was born. And, uh, yeah, I mean, sort of ages zero to three... I uh, spent a lot of time here, so yeah, it's not really in the part of my brain that's, that's, that's massively factual. 
And we will, I must ask a question about your dad. Yeah. So you've got, you come from a famous showbiz family as well. Yeah. So dad um, is my dad. And he uh, also does panto and has done for a long time. And so I sort of grew up um, watching my dad, as, you know, some people are lucky enough to do, others aren't. But I get to watch my dad just be an idiot for life. And uh, that, was, that was quite a good training ground to then be an adult and act like an idiot for so, life. So were you, always, you were always a show-off kid, were you, were you always, or was it something that you kind of grew into, or...? I think, I think I've never grown into anything. I'm still like five foot two and it's fine. I've dealt with it and I'm happy. But I think that I never ever wanted to do anything other than like entertain people. That's, I think if I'd have wanted to do something else, my family would have supported me. Um, but they, I didn't. I wanted to do this and that works out well because, you know, that's all they knew. So on a parenting level, that, they were well happy with that because if, if I was just going to work in a shop, they had very little to give me on advice but given that I wanted to be on stage they were like yeah we, we know about that so what was your kind of big break in terms of performing what was it that sort of first when I what what was sort of made me like yeah, realize that yeah, I wanted to do it properly yeah. I think I, I when I was a professional magician for years uh when I was 15 I was British champion so I did uh, I did that and that's when I thought I got to that point I thought wow okay man, I'm, I'm not too bad at this um but then I also immediately felt like I'd peaked so I, I gave up and moved to London uh, to train in dance. So, and then sort of performing, was it, did the stage come first? Was it all the Hollyoaks? What, what was the kind of, I, of things? I, I, was, I was always on stage, and I was, you know, sort of on the side of the stage. I never ever planned to be on the telly or anything. That was never on my radar of things to do. Um, so it was lovely that that, that, that happened. I'm just, I, I like, I like to, I'm not very good at a lot of things, and, but I, I like my job. And I'm lucky that I get to turn up and do it, regardless of sort of what it is. So tell us about the theatre stuff first. When we got to see Spam a lot, you did you did a lot of performances of Spam a lot. What was it like being part of that show? Did Spam a lot? It was lovely. It was yeah. It was, a, it was pressure because that. I mean, the part that I played uh, was was Patsy. So I basically um, just pretended to be a horse for two hours. Um, and then sang Always Look on the Bright Side of Life, which is wonderful. Um, and, and it's one of those songs that you don't feel like you need to learn the words to, because it's Always Look on the Bright Side. I did need to learn the words, especially when Eric Idle came. Eric Idle came um, to watch us in Wimbledon, and he brought Professor Brian Cox. And, like, that was, that was pressure. And he was a really, really nice man. I've got, a, 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 you know, a nice picture with them all. And then uh, Brian Cox followed me on Twitter. And that was, uh, that was the day that I really stopped tweeting quite a lot because that was, I was like, he's, uh, that, that, that he's going to read my stuff. I'm just, I'd rather not say anything than Brian Cox think I'm an idiot. And we should work with the telly stuff. How did Dennis and Hollyoaks, how did that all come about? I did a, a show called Coming of Age on BBC Three and then I went in to meet with Hollyoaks about that, a load of new students going in. And uh, there, wasn't, there wasn't a part for me. But they phoned me up and they said, we, we want to give you something, but we're not sure what. So uh, they sort of sent me a contract. And I was the first person they ever wrote a part around, um, which was nice. Um, and I just got to say, okay, I'd turn up and act like an idiot as well, you know. And it was lovely. So that, that came sort of accidentally again. The thing with Hollyoaks is that they do, you did a lot of comedy stuff, but they put in some quite edgy storylines, so you get to kind of stretch a bit as an actor as well. Absolutely, yeah. I think when you do the, the, the comedy stuff, in inverted commas, it's a matter of opinion, but when you do that, it's, um, 
uh, yeah, they're slightly harder to write for in a, in a show like that. So it is nice every now and then when you get a, 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 a storyline come through that, you know, is a bit more intense. And talking about TV, one of the other shows, which I, I have to confess I watched some clips of for the first time today, is The Engineers, which looks like a lot of fun. The Engineers, yeah. That's nice. Again, accident. It's called The Dengineers. It's basically like Grand Designs, if Grand Designs was for children and about sheds. And I um, just sort of turn up in, in, in gardens and, and build sheds. I've been asked, and I have a camera crew. It's yeah, yeah. yeah, it's the only time bringing a camera into somebody helps make that less creepy. It's wonderful. Um, uh, yeah, we, uh, we sort of turn up, and it's a nice thing to be able to do, to go and... Uh, do something for children and it's, it's really really lovely and um, it takes quite a few months to film it all but the sort of we, we, you know we build a big set in the garden and all that sort of stuff it's, it's nice to actually just watch a nice thing happening to, to nice people it's lovely to be a part of something like that Standing in the way of Cinderella's happiness is of course her ugly sisters boo Taking on one of the roles this year is Amanda Henderson, who you may recognise as Nurse Robin Miller in TV's Casualty. Amanda will join Alex Dunmore to make up the loathsome duo. And here she talks all about how she's swapping taking pulses for Panto. Excited um, and very nervous. Um, it's so far removed from anything I've done before, so um, I'm scared. But do you know what? I'm here to have fun and... The more I have fun, the more everybody else has fun, right? It's a brand new thing that when I try and do something new, it kind of challenges me in a way that I've not had before. Um, so, yeah, it's nice to just put little challenges in your life and try and get it done as best you can. <laughs> and you just met Joe as well, his officer. Yeah, really yeah, we've just had a very silly photo shoot together. <laughs> um, and just had loads of fun, so... I think it's going to be a really great season this year. Tell me a little bit about you. How did you all start as a performer? You were show off when you were this high. How did it all start? Yeah, pretty much. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, definitely. If you ask my mum and dad, they'll definitely say I showed off as a kid. Um, but m both my parents were involved in amateur dramatics, and I grew up going through amateur dramatics, doing all of that. And then when I was 18, I decided to go and train. Trained for three years, and here I am. X amount of years later, <laughs> um, still going and still performing and absolutely loving every minute of it. So, What is it that you love about being a performer? It's an escapism. It's not having to be myself, not having to worry about my own problems, my own life, nothing like that. I can worry about somebody else's for a while. Um, so it's, it's fun and it is a lot of fun, no matter whether I'm doing something that is dramatic or comedy or anything it is still always good fun um, and you get to work with some amazing people. Tell us about the stage work you've done because I was having a look at you you've done Oliver. What's yeah um, I did Oliver in the West End um, for a while I can't remember how long my contract was now um, but I absolutely loved it had the best time um, really enjoyed it the cast were amazing to be on a West End stage, um, and it was like my second ever job, so to be on a West End stage for that job was just insane and had the best time of my life. When we were stood and we were doing our finale, I was bowing and I literally was like, this is crazy, <laughs> this is my life, what is this? Um, it's an it's a insane feeling and I am the luckiest girl in the world to have been able to do something like that. 
We need to talk about Casualty and Robin. How did that all come about? Audition for it. Um, yeah, went for the screen test and I'd never really done TV before. But yeah, got the role and was so, so scared about, again, doing something different. Because at that point I'd only done theatre. So to do something like that was crazy. But yeah, it's been an absolute whirlwind and it's seven years later and... I'm still going, so... <laughs> and she's kind of, apart from Charlie, she's kind of the core of the department because everyone loves Robin as well. I mean, that's very sweet of you to say, but yeah, she's a very lovable character. She's very sweet and she cares a lot about people. Um, and that's nice to play because obviously I can't stand anyone. Um, no, I'm joking. Um, yeah, it's, she's such a nice character to play and the trials and tribulations that she's been through over the past seven years has been amazing to have different storylines playing different finding different sides of the same character and not getting bored with it not getting bored with it at all um because you're never doing the same thing i think rick here last year there's a real kind of family atmosphere which comes across within the, the company the, the team a hundred percent i think some of that comes down to just us being a group and being nice people um and i think some of that comes down to the fact that we care about the show so much. We care about how well we do in the show and how well the show does as a whole. Um, and also the fact that we film in Cardiff. For us, it was a case of we have to get along because we didn't have anybody else in Cardiff at the time. I've fortunately now made a lot of friends outside of there. <laughs> <laughs> um, but it's, it's a, it is one big happy family. It's a cliche to say, but we really are one big happy family most of the time. <laughs> Do you know Norwich in this area, or is this the first time you've been to this area? This is the first time I've actually been in Norwich, literally today. Well, I arrived yesterday. Um, but, yeah, it's my first time here, and everybody seems really nice. I've already had one taxi driver telling me that he's met Charlie from Casualty. I guess the countdown on for Christmas in Norwich for you now. Definitely. Um, and I'm really excited. I'm excited to be here and do such a fun show and work with brilliant people. When he's not appearing on TV or treading the boards, our next guest can be found on catwalks around the world. David Gant is making a welcome return to the Norwich stage, playing Baron Hardup, the downtrodden father of Cinderella, played by Cara Leanne Jones. And David explained how he juggles his two very different lives. There was an email from my agent um, saying the opera has come through from Theatre Royal. For Cinderella and for the part of Baron Haddock, what shall we say? And my reply was, yes, 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 yes. I'm, I'm so, so happy. You have no idea. I am. Because I love playing the stage here. I think this is one of my favourite theatres, if not my favourite. And I'm working with Richard Gauntlet again. <laughs> and I think they're just hysterical. No doubt he will be flying in and out of the thing. And I'm playing the Baron, Baron Hardup, which is thrilling. And he's given me one or two ideas, so we shall see what happens. And I mean, you, I can tell from talking to you here, pantomime here is something you enjoy doing so much from a performance. Oh, it's very, very special. Uh, very special. Um, people who have played the stage, I mean, when audiences look at stages, they probably think, well, every stage looks the same. It doesn't. The feel of the stage and the uh, interaction with the audience is just extraordinary. I've been brought up 
from a very early age on pantomime and variety theatre. My parents were taking to pantomime every year and to variety theatre every Saturday evening. And the show just goes on, no matter what. Once you get the connection between the audience and the artist on stage, it works. Within seconds, you know if they're going to like you, or if they're not. <laughs> if they don't like you, <laughs> it's a long show. And it's just a happy time. You've been keeping as busy as possible with your parallel career with modelling. Modelling, indeed, well, yes. Well, I was in Paris doing a catwalk show, uh, the Paris Fashion Week, because you were Paris, New York, London, Milan. And there was a talk of me going to New York uh, to do a big show. Not only is this year's Panto set to wow audiences with new twists, music and comedy, Cinderella also marks the start of a special new partnership, one which brings together world-class theatre and Premier League football. Earlier this year, we announced a partnership which meant that we would be working closely with Norwich City Football Club in a range of unique and creative collaborations. In fact, the Canaries are official partners of this year's pantomime. Ben Kensel, the Chief Operating Officer at Norwich City, explained how the two will work together. Uh, it's great because uh, ultimately we're launching the, uh, the, a partnership that we've been working on for some time um, with the Theatre Royal. Uh, we're sponsoring that festive uh, pantomime season, often seen as a, as a very uh, uh, kind of joyous time. But equally, for some, it isn't. And uh, what we want to do is we want to really cement our community presence. Um, it's a key part of the objectives that we have at the football club uh, to partner, um, not always on, on commercially uh, sort of driven decisions, but equally uh, on giving something back in the, in the great city that we, that we live in and that we are situated in. So for me, it's, it's, it's a community partnership, but with two fantastic uh, kind of businesses and brands that, that live and reside in, Nor in Norfolk. And sort of picking up on that, there's a great synergy between both of them as well in terms of what we do and what you do. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, ultimately it comes down to entertainment, doesn't it? Um, uh, people are paying their money to come to a show, we'll say, or a match, and there is a lot of synergies and a lot of similarities. But, um, you know, I want to bring this back. This is about the community. This is about giving back. This is about uh, opportunities for our staff, tickets for our fan base. Um, you know, like I say, it's, it's always got to be about... Um, and aligned with our club objectives and we've got a really really key one with investing in our community and in our people and in Norfolk and, and being a, a really good institution and business. Stephen Crocker is the Theatre Royal's chief executive and explains what the new partnership with the Canaries will mean for the community. I mean, I think what it comes from is there is an enormous amount of really natural synergy between football and theatre. Every game that's played here at Carrow Road is like an ensemble cast of 22 playing out a drama, each playing their own part. And we're really building on that. And, you know, with a whole load of opportunities. And, of course, the synergy between Theatre Royal and Norwich City being two iconic institutions. It's just a real fantastic coming together. And the community side is really important because there's an awful lot that we can do with each other to improve the community and help the community. Absolutely. Well, both organisations have a deep-rooted passion to working with communities and supporting local communities through the City Sports Foundation and through Theatre Royal's extensive learning and participation programme. And there is so much opportunity for overlap. We'll be kicking that off during Cinderella, our pantomime this year, around our relaxed performance, which is all about bringing community groups who otherwise wouldn't be able to come to the theatre in in a supported way 
and so much of a synergy between the audience here at Carrow Road and the audience at the theatre. All there's a big crossover. We'd always welcome more people to enjoy both. Absolutely. Well, that's one of the other fantastic things is I think that people grow up coming to the Theatre Royal Pantomime and people grow up coming to Norwich City it's part of people's lives when you grow up in this phenomenal city so it's really lovely and I think there's a huge amount of overlap and it's going to be really exciting to formalise that and make more of it and of course you can see Cinderella from Tuesday the 17th of December 2019 to Sunday the 19th of January 2020 that's the end of our show this month. Thanks to David Witts, Joe Tresini, Amanda Henderson, David Gant, Richard Gauntlet, Ben Kensel and Stephen Crocker. Be sure to subscribe to us on iTunes, Stitcher, SoundCloud, Acast or wherever you listen to your podcasts and let us know what you liked and what you want to hear in future episodes. Thank you very much for listening to Interval, the Norwich Theatre Royal podcast. <laughs>